Can you imagine your life where money is your friend, working with you to achieve all your dreams and desires? If you struggle seeing money as your friend, then join Kathy Cook Noble, financial advisor and educator on understanding how your money can work for you. It is possible. Now, here is Financially Speaking with Kathy Cook Noble. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Financially Speaking on the Inspired Choices Network, where we take financial concepts and we break them down into daily manageable conversation that you can understand yourself because like a broken record, I know, but I'm going to say it again, you absolutely can understand your stuff. You can understand your finances. You have the ability. You have the capacity in your brain to handle it. You have all the tools that you need already in your possession to understand how your investments work and what that means to you. And you have the ability to control the future of where your investments go, how your finances shape up, what you want your finances to look, yes, what you want your finances to look like for your future. And that is what we do here on Financially Speaking. I like to think that we're a little bit like the Wizard of Oz here, and not just because he's the color green, which is the color of money, but because we're going to whip that curtain back and you're going to see exactly what it is you need to know about your finances. And when I say finances and I say investments and I say savings, I am not talking about big charts and graphics and metrics and all these formulas and talking about beta and all the acronyms that go along with it. I am talking about what you have in your house, in your household, in your personal possession, in your mind, in your wishes, in your dreams. I'm talking about what's inside you and what's only happening in your household right now. I'm talking about your stuff. I'm talking about your house. I'm talking about your mortgage if you have one. I'm talking about if you want a house. If you want, if you want a mortgage, and I know that's not what you want, but I know that's so most of the time the tool it takes to get to owning your house. I'm talking about if you want to get out of debt, if you want to track your cash. I said that for so many years, I don't even remember not saying it. Just track your cash. You have to know what comes into your house and what comes out of your house. I don't care if it's a fancy budget on paper. I don't care if you're good on the computer and you can do nice colorful graphs and Excel and charts and everything else. You do whatever makes you happy, whatever makes you comfortable. Because I'm going to tell you, this is not a secret, but it is a tip on doing your track, tracking your cash if you make it fun. So if you are, for example, a person who likes Excel and likes the computers, and you enjoy playing on Excel and you enjoy doing different charts and you enjoy doing your spreadsheets up in different colors and so forth, then do it. Make it fun. Because if you're doing something that's fun, then you're going to do it and you're going to be consistent at it. It's going to form the habit of tracking your cash. If you are one of these people that's uh, not so computer literate, but you are very artistic or you like, you're very visual, then get yourself an art book for a dollar at the dollar store and get yourself some colored markers or crayons or um, pencil crayons or whatever it is that you like to color and pens, colored pens. We know there's lots of these objects out there. If you are one of those people, then get all those colors and write it out But and write it out with pictures if you want to. Like you are so welcome to do this any way that works for you. I, it always amazes me how... I want to say uh, inflexible sometimes when you're talking to people like me that are advisors or owning a bookkeeping business who I know instantly you think of 
total nerd, only a numbers person. I get it. That's like most of us. But very, very inflexible to say this is how you do it. There's lots of ways to do things. We can do, uh, there's lots of different, and think of it like this. There's a lot of people out there in very successful businesses. There's a lot of people out there living very successful lives, having great jobs, if whatever the case may be, and they're all different. So Amazon and Walmart are completely different than Tesla, which is completely different than Bank of America. Like these are all very different businesses, but they're all doing things similar. They're all doing a cash tracking process of some sort. And so can you. So there's a lot of people out there who are very, you, you think, and I know all of us have names their faces that pop in our head, that you think, gosh, you know, their life's been very successful. They've had a good job. They've made good decisions. They're living in the house of their dreams. They're driving a nice car. Maybe they have the dream vacation once or twice a year. Maybe they have a cottage. Maybe they have a boat. Maybe they have, you know, those toys in the summer and the winter, whatever the case is. So they're, they're, they're having a successful life in terms of whatever the stuff is they have. They have, and, and the whole word of success, by the way, and I know this could be a show on its own, but the term success is also unique. And that doesn't just mean that you have all the expensive toys and gadgets and big house and six cars and all that stuff. If that's what you want and that makes you happy, then that's your success. If it's not what you want, it doesn't make you happy. It's not your success. If being successful means having a happy relationship with your spouse, your partner, uh, being single and having good friendships and great circle of influences, if that's your definition of success and that's what you have, then you're successful. So you define success however it is that you define success, and it's the right answer. So here's the great news. When we're defining success and we're dealing with our finances, there's no wrong answer. It's all unique for you. So we define success, and then we say, how are our finances in relation to our success? Well, if me being successful means I need to have a million dollars in the bank, and I don't have a million dollars in the bank, so I'm not quite there yet, I haven't met my target, then what do we need to do to modify your behavior or modify your um, money spending habits or modify the income or the investments or savings or whatever the case is to make that successful for you. If your success definition is having, you know, a, maybe $10,000 in your bank and $100,000 in your revenue, in your retirement plan because you have this great pension and you don't need to have a lot of money saved up and that's what you have, then that's your success. So, that's what we do here on Financially Speaking, is we make sure that, at least I hope that's what we do, that's our intention, is to make sure that everybody understands their stuff, everybody has the plan that works for them, and and the, the really, really important part, and I don't think I talk about it as much, because, you know, it is Financially Speaking, so I do like to talk about the numbers and the, the dollars and cents, but uh, the other part is is how you feel as a person, and if everything comes together and that makes you happy and that gives you the fulfillment in your life and puts you on the track that really, <laughs> I'm going to have to quote Christine MacGyver, our fearless leader here on the Inspired Choices Network, but if that fills you up, then that's really uh, what matters and that's really, truly what it's all about because, um, and, and there's lots of conversations I have about money all the time, every day. I don't think there's a day that goes by I don't have a conversation about money in some kind with somebody, even on if I'm on vacation or if I'm sitting at home or if 
you know, I'm just sitting there watching a movie with my husband and something comes up on the TV and we'll watch it. Like, you know, we watch a documentary um, with with Bill Ackman and he's an investor. And, you know, you have this conversation about how that worked and how that what that meant. Um, that it's 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 just a natural to me. It's built in to be a natural course of your life. And I know for a lot of people, it's a scary topic and they avoid it. But it just slowly, it's like exercising. It's like losing weight. It's like um, growing your hair. It doesn't happen overnight. And you just have to take baby steps and, and just one step every day, just a tiny, tiny bit towards being comfortable talking about your money with somebody that you trust, somebody that you respect, somebody that is helpful to you, not somebody that's going to make you feel bad about yourself or tell you you're doing it wrong. You want to have a very um, supportive circle, whether it's your spouse, whether it's a sibling, whether it's a relative, whether it's just a close friend, whether it's a professional, it doesn't matter. Whatever works for you is the right answer. So you really want to be comfortable with what direction you're going and you want to really make sure you're clear on what it is that you want and that not, if you're talking to an advisor, it's not what the advisor wants. It's not what anybody else wants. It's what you want. And that's what we do here on Financially Speaking specifically is we just pull that curtain back and reveal the Wizard of Oz and we say, okay, let's break down all these these complicated, the seemingly complicated financial conversations and make it comfortable and easy. So we talk about what kind of mortgages there are. We talk about uh, what kind of bank accounts there are. We talk about life insurance, which typically people think is a very dry and boring topic, but I happen to think it's very exciting and fun. Uh, it's one of my favorite topics, to be honest. We talk about investments. Uh, we talk about uh, all anything that you can think of. We talk about wills. We talk about trusts. We talk about estate planning, tax planning. We try and cover off whatever it is that people need to uncover to make their lives better and make their financial situations the way they want them to be. So for those of you joining us tonight, I, I am so happy and, and so grateful to have you joining us. It's exciting um, to have you here. I hope that... Tonight's topic will either inspire you or educate you or give you some confidence to do whatever it is that you need to do that you're you're needing you're wanting to do. Um, for those of you who have have joined us before on the show, I so appreciate you coming back. And of course, if there's any topic that you would like us to talk about here on Financially Speaking, I am so excited to do that and so happy to do that. I, I do get through them. I absolutely topics that people bring up. We've talked about uh, COVID. Obviously, is a is a very big and very uh, misunderstood uh, program right now with the financing. Uh, there's a lot of stuff going on in different parts of the world. We're all in the same pandemic. This is not a specific area or a specific country uh, problem or challenge. This is absolutely the entire world's challenge. And all the governments that are doing programs are all doing different things and they're doing what they think is the best for the citizens of what, that country. So we just, we tried to break down the, the myths of the COVID programs and how they work and what they're how many there are and what they are and there's quite a few of them here in Canada. I know the US is working on another uh, stimulus package if you will that uh, will hopefully be out soon for small businesses and there's an awful lot of information out there. So those even those topics we take on and we break down. So for those of you that are out there joining us for the first time or that have been with us before uh, I do want to share with you a little bit about the Inspired Choices Network. 
and to remind you if you uh, have heard this before and if you haven't, then I just want to encourage you for the first time to think about what we have on the Inspired Choices Network that you don't see that you would like to see. So if you're on our, our if you go to the inspiredchoicesnetwork.com and you are are looking through some of our podcasts that have been recorded, which are on over 50 platforms. So really, if you want to hear any of our hosts, there's uh, no way you could avoid hearing them because there's always going to be a platform that you can use to listen to the replays. But if there's something there and you're thinking, gosh, it'd be awful nice if we had somebody on there talking about, I don't know, auto mechanics or whatever it is, then, and you, you think you're, you know, that's your topic of expertise that gets you excited, then I would recommend very, very highly of having a conversation with Christine MacGyver, our, uh, the owner of the network. She's the host of the Inspired Choices Network show. Uh, have a conversation with her. I can tell you, don't tell Christine I said this, but it's a free conversation. She's not going to charge you to have a conversation. <laughs> so it's, uh, a, beautiful opportunity for you to have a chit chat with Christine and say, hey, you know what, I think this topic would be great. And she is like, amazing and brilliant on how to put things together and how to train you and encourage you and really pull the whole idea together. So if you're thinking, oh, I have no idea how I'd make this into a weekly show. She does. Trust me, she does. And there are some very, very cool packages right now available until June the 1st. And I would encourage anybody to take advantage of it. It is a huge, huge, huge opportunity. There are awesome, awesome packages that uh, there's something out there for everybody. Let's just put it like that. So get in touch with Christine by email, either through the website or call in her on her show. She's happy to take call-ins as well. Um, or just uh, email her and get in touch with her at some point to, to have a discussion. So there is a little bit about us, a little bit about the show um, now, a little bit about what we're going to talk about tonight. We're going to talk about growing and protecting your retirement savings. So you're thinking, that makes sense. It's a financial show. It's financially speaking. Let's talk about protecting our reti- entire our retirement and our savings. You know, we're going through this very scary time right now. The, the markets are really, really volatile, very unpredictable, um, obviously very connected to what's happening in the healthcare sector and uh, related to this pandemic. So it kind of makes sense that we talk about retirement savings. But I think you're going to be a bit surprised when I when I start sharing with you some of the information that I want to share with you tonight about re- protecting your retirement and your savings and and how to uh be have a healthy portfolio and uh how to really keep your money and uh everything together to make your life work in the way that you want it to work. So, when we get back, I'm going to start uh jumping right into some tips and and some important information that I think we all need to hear and need to share with each other about growing and protecting your retirement savings. So don't go anywhere. We're going to take our first break of the night. Uh, you are listening to Financially Speaking with your host, Kathy Cook-Noble, on the Inspired Choices Network, and we will be right back. Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff, which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. We're scared, confused, and don't know who to talk to. By tuning into Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook-Noble, you'll learn tips you can use to improve your financial health, which in turn can improve your overall health and make for a very happy life. 
Live a life you can afford and enjoy. It is possible. Listen for Financially Speaking Radio Show every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email becomeahost at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook Noble. To participate in the program, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255, Canada 613-800-8736, or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to kathy at bookkeepplus.ca. Now back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to Financially Speaking on the Inspired Choices Network with myself, your host, Kathy Cook-Noble. And tonight, we are going to talk about growing and protecting your retirement savings. It's kind of a an important time. It's always an important time, let's be honest, but especially now. I know there's a lot of fear and uncertainty out there about markets and, and uh, how the volatility is affecting everyone's um, investments. And I'm going to just say a very basic comment here right now it's only on paper so if you have investments and they are down um, in their value right now on your statements it is only on paper so the loss is not real unless you cash it in so don't make the loss real you don't need to make the loss real just if you're one of those people, and this is, I have a very good friend, I've mentioned her before, and I used to tell her um, in a very, a lot, the last down cycle, I said, don't even look at your statements. I said, uh, it's too stressful for her. It's too emotional. So I said, don't even look at your statements. I'll tell you when to look at your statements, but don't look at your statements right now. <laughs> so, and I'm just going to share with you, uh, and, and this is not a, a, um, a course on stats, but I, I certainly do want to share just a, a little bit with you about investment. And here's here's kind of a, a neat neat stat. If you think of it like this. So if you it's if you tune out the noise, think of it like everything that you're hearing about on TV and the news, market's down, the market's up, the market's down, it's down again, it's down more, it's up again, it's you know, all these different things and it's scary. But if you tuned out all that noise and this is actually really, really cool. So just take the S&P the 500. I'm not going to get into all the formalities of it. It's just an index measurement. It's a it's what you hear about on the news all the time. So if you took that measurement between the December 31st, 1989 to February 29th, 2019, so the entire time in between 1989 and 2019 period, 
the percentage of the time that you look at your statements and your investments, if you looked at them every month, 62% of the time you would see gains, but 38% of the time you would see losses. If you looked at those statements every single year on the anniversary, so decided that March the 1st, you're going to look at all your statements, you're never going to look at anything before, then you would see gains 73% of the time and losses 27% of the time. If you decided, I'm only going to look at my statements every three years, so every third March, you're going to look on the 1st of March, you're going to look at them and you're going to see the gains are 84% of the time and the losses are 16% of the time. And this doesn't matter if you want to look at them on March the 1st or December 3rd or January 2nd. I don't care what day you're looking at them. You're looking every three years. So you might look in January, you might look in March, you might look in December. Who cares? It's every three years. But if you waited and you only looked at your statements every five years, then 90% of the time there would be gains that you'd be looking at and 10% of the time there'd be losses. So when you put it in perspective like that for looking at your your investments in relation to the S&P 500 between 1989 and 2019, that's the power of long-term investing is this is why I say to certain friends or certain clients, don't look at your statement every day. Don't, I know technology is wonderful and I'm very, very blessed that the company I'm with, my, um, my head office is phenomenally good on technology and we log in now. My job is to be on every day. I'm, that makes sense. But I'm able to give my clients access to their investments so they can log in every single day and they can see what their investments are doing. And you think sometimes that's a good idea, but it's sometimes a very scary idea because they're watching things happen right now in the last four weeks or five weeks and they're, they're sometimes get very scared because they see the big losses and the big jumps and the big drops again and, and, and so on. And it's, it's unnerving. But if you didn't look at it every single day and you just decided maybe, you know, once a month you're going to look at it, there's a better chance that you're going to see this, what statistically is true, that you're going to have a 62% of the time you're going to see gains every month. Now, what does this mean? This means if we can put things in perspective, and I know we always, always, always hear about the emotional um, in part of investing and, and how important it is to take the emotion out of it and how important it is to really detach from it as an emotional person. But it's hard to do because this is your money. This is your future. So how do you detach from that? How do you separate yourself? Like this is it. This is your retirement plan, right? You're putting an awful lot of pressure on yourself to see a, an upswing every single time you log in to look at your investments. But if you look at it and you put a plan together, and this is why I think it's so, 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 so very important. I can't, I can't stress this enough. Put a plan, have a plan, have a plan. And if your plan is to retire at age 65, which is fairly standard, right? So if your plan is to retire at age 65 and you're going to retire and, and you need an income to be whatever the income is. So you've got an annual amount of $60,000 in your mind for your retirement income. Then put a plan in place to work towards that, knowing that if you're 30 years old, that's 35 years from now. We are not going to panic when we come into market turbulence like we're in right now to say, oh my gosh, I'm pulling my money out of the market. Because I'm going to tell you, if I shared with you the stats on how much money you lose 
when you pull your money out of the market, then you would be shocked. You lose years of compounding and recovery just from having a few months out of the market. There, I don't care who you talk to for, as an advisor like me, as a, as a portfolio manager or an analyst like you see on BNN or CNBC or all the, the news networks that specialize in business news and market news. Uh, none of them, not one of them, is gonna, and I don't care how smart they are, how long they've been in the business, it's irrelevant. Not one of them is ever going to be able to say to you, such and such a day is going to be the bottom of the market. Today is going to be the bottom of the market, or today is going to be the top of the market. This is the day where the market hit its peak. This is the day where the market hit its, its low. No one's able to say that to you. The only time they can tell you that is when they look back in history. Because we can, we all know the, the saying that hindsight's twenty twenty. Well, the truth of the matter is, it's that way for finances too. You can look back and evaluate the 2008-2009 crisis and you can see the day in March, which I think was March the 9th, that was the low of the market. Now, the market steadily declined all the way down to March 2019 and that was when it hit the low point and it started to climb back up. Not one person could say to you, March the 9th is going to be the day. That's the day that you should buy all your investments because it's the lowest point in the market. And then they're not going to be able to tell you what day is going to be the highest to cash them out and make the biggest amount of gains on it. It's impossible. And I'm, and I'm stressing this because so many, many times I hear people and I have conversations with people and they're afraid to be in the market or they're, they've been burned before. And, and I say to them, if you've been burned before, it's because you took your money out. And that's always the case. And I mean, I know there's always exceptions to things, but I'm just saying for what I know and from the conversations I, I have, if people have withdrawn their money from the market, then they've taken out their participation and they're now lo no longer in the market. So now they're afraid of the market and they're not able to make money because you're not there. So my advice is to just take as much emotion out as you can. Take a deep breath. Have a conversation with a financial expert. Have a conversation with your friends before you do something. And, and stay invested if you're invested. Because you, you absolutely, if the market is down right now and you pull, which you know, obviously we all know, and you were to pull out all your money and you're like, oh, I don't want to lose all my money and you withdraw it all. Well, you're guaranteed that you can't recover your losses because you have it, nothing in there invested. So you, you can't recover the losses. So just remember that. Um, and not to panic. And, and before you do something like that, talk to someone, get some advice so that you're comfortable if you make your decision, whichever way you make your decision, that you've made the decision that's best for you because you're um, able to live with the consequences of that. So part of protecting our money is having a plan and staying with the plan. Now, whether your retirement is in years away from now or whether it's just around the corner, um, if it's something where you're looking and you're like, I can see it, I can't wait for it, That's this is also important for you to protect your money. It's, it's really important to make sure that your investments reflect your goals and your risk tolerance. And that's what the, the, the there's a lot of parts that go into it when advisors put plans together, but um, your goals and your risk tolerance. So you put a plan together. We know. Remember, I said you know what, what's your goal? Well, I'm gonna retire when I'm 65. I want to have sixty thousand dollars as an income. Whatever the case is, I want to travel once a year. I want to buy a new car. That might be your goal. That might be your plan. Make sure that also re reflects your risk tolerance. So if that's the case and and you want to have a slow, steady growth and and income in your portfolio, 
then you're not going to go out and do wild and crazy high-risk stuff. And this is why it's important that these things match. You want to make sure that any exposure that your equity you have to the equity markets can add value to your portfolio during an upswing. Obviously, you want to make money, and also that it can, um, but it can leave you vulnerable as well to any losses if its safety and security are important to you. So, like I just mentioned, if you don't have the appetite for any kind of big movements like you're seeing right now in the market, then different investment strategies are for you. Not no investment strategies, just different ones. So you want to find the other tools that work for you, and that's where an advisor comes in. So you want to consider things like we've talked about before, segregated funds, where we can have some principal guarantees on death, we can have um, guarantees on um, renewals or contract expiration because it's like an insurance contract. So there's some uh, guarantees we can have in that. Now, I'm I'm not going to lie to you. Most Canadians have never heard of them, and yet they've been around for over 50 years. And I'm going to tell you, in all my years, talking about finance and getting excited about money and growth and investments and so forth and so on and talking to clients, I don't think I've ever had one person say to me they've ever heard of them. And I've had people that have been around for a very long time, been invested for a very long time, have had other advisors, And they're like, I don't even know what that is. What is it? And then I go through my education piece and I give them information and say, this is what it is. And this is why this particular tool is good for you and why it's not good for somebody else. Um, So that's it's important when we're growing and protecting our retirement that we make sure that our plan fits us. Uh, Now, the other part, and this is where you might not think this is financial, but it is. It's about, and I, and I, I apologize. I know the U.S. has... Uh, and all other countries have very similar, um, very similar other uh, topics that are the same. Or you know, when I say about seg funds with Canadians, and I'm going to talk about the Canadian food guide. I know there's the American food guide as well. And I know you're thinking, why would you talk about the Canadian food guide? And why are we going to talk about tips for a long and healthy life? Well, don't those things mix just perfectly and very, very importantly with our finances and our savings? So we're going to take our second break of the night. And when we come back, I'm going to talk to you about the Canadian Food Guide, believe it or not. You're listening to Financially Speaking on the Inspired Choices Network with your host, Kathy Cook-Noble, and we will be right back. Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff, which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. We're scared, confused, and don't know who to talk to. By tuning into Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook-Noble, you'll learn tips you can use to improve your financial health, which in turn can improve your overall health and make for a very happy life. Live a life you can afford and enjoy. It is possible. Listen for Financially Speaking Radio Show every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Money is complicated, right? Actually, no, it's not. You don't have to be a trader on Wall Street to get a handle on your money. TV shows often instill fear to keep you believing you can't understand it or do anything yourself. If dealing with your finances brings up a lot of other F-words, then you need to read All Ladies Should Use the F-Word, A Guide to Loving Your Finances by Kathy Cook Noble. 
Kathy helps you take control of your finances and leave the other F word, fear, in the dust. This is Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook Noble. To participate in the program, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255, Canada 613-800-8736, or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to kathy at bookkeepplus.ca. Now back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to Financially Speaking with your host, Kathy Cook-Noble, on the Inspired Choices Network. And before the break, I mentioned we are going to talk about the Canadian Food Guide. So if you're just joining us and you're thinking, I thought this was a financial show, then I'm going to tell you how important it is that the Canadian Food Guide or the American Food Guide fits into your financial plan. Because we're going to talk about some tips for a long and healthy life. So how? How does this, what is she talking about, right? How does this work? Well, the Canadian Food Guide used to have, if, if you remember, and I know years ago we were studied it in school, and they had the Rainbow of Food Group, and that was published in 2007. Well, guess what? Forget about that rainbow. Rainbow, it's gone because they finally received a highly anticipated makeover for the Canadian Food Guide in January of 2019. So these changes have been called historic, extremely positive by many scientists. And this is why it's important to you, why a financial advisor or bookkeeper would be talking to you about that today. What's changed? Well, the Canadian Food Guide now features three groups, which are vegetables and fruits, whole grains, and protein foods. And the guide no longer suggests a set number of servings per food group, but encourages Canadians to focus on proportions and filling half of your plate with fruits and vegetables. So far, pretty easy to follow, right? The guide comes with some very simple recommendations. I'm going to tell you what they are. It's to be mindful of your eating habits, cook more often, enjoy your food, eat meals with others, use food labels, limit foods in high sodium sugars or saturated fats, and be aware of food marketing. So these all sound very practical, common sense tips and uh, recommendations that we can follow, don't they? Now, with these recommendations in mind, these are the three tips for a healthy lifestyle, for a healthy 2019 when they came out and revised it. The number one tip, first tip I mean, is hydrate. So the new guide is putting significant emphasis on making water your beverage of choice. And that's instead of your sugary drinks such as pop, fruit, fruit drink, juices, and energy drinks. This isn't really surprising, I'm sure, to anybody. Um, it also describes the health risks that come with consuming excess amounts of alcohol as it can lead to various forms of cancer and liver disease. So to make this really simple when we break it down, make sure you drink a lot of water and limit your consumption of sugars, uh, sugary drinks and alcohol, right? Don't, don't get rid of it. Just limit yourself. Um, second tip is to choose the right fats. So food and saturated fats like, you know, butter, uh, high fat cheese, uh, creams, all that kind of stuff, they should be reduced as they can raise your bad cholesterol and risk heart disease. So having said that, foods containing unsaturated fats can be healthy. So these are foods like salmon and nuts and seeds and avocado and olive oil and uh, foods like that. Those foods that contain healthy unsaturated fat is crucial because they help your body absorb vitamins. 
and they support cell growth and produce important hormones. Now, didn't they put this in a way that just makes common sense? I think so. The third tip they have is explore more plant-based foods. Now, on a side note, and this is the financial side, you've probably seen and heard an awful lot of news about plant-based foods. There's plant-based groups on Facebook now that you can join. There's plant-based foods that you can uh, now order at various fast food restaurants because plant-based food companies have popped up and they are selling their stuff at various fast food places. So this is not a surprise. Um, the guides, this is saying um, for point number three, their tip number three about exploring more plant-based foods, this is the guide's most surprising change because it pushes for a high proportion of plant-based proteins and some lean meats. So specifically, it encourages Canadians to get the, uh, their main protein from nuts, seeds, and pulses, which include lentils, beans, and chickpeas. And pulses are high in fat, fiber and have a lower glycemic index. And that is helping keep you full longer. And it ke- helps your body absorb them at a slower pace. Pace. So if you're interested in plant-based cooking, there's lots of recipes for stuff like black bean veggie burgers or red lent- uh, easy coconut curry, red lentil dale, all this kind of stuff. Um, and, of course, there are other uh, alternatives now if you must go to fast food. And again, we're not eliminating it. We're just being aware of it and controlling it and being very conscious of what we eat. So, okay, that's great. I mean, good healthy tips, right? Well, guess what? Can healthy eating affect your life insurance? This is where we're talking about financial stuff. Well, yeah, the shorter answer is yes, it can. Um, Why is that? Well, because underwriting, which is the people who assess whether or not they're going to approve you having life insurance, and I've said this my whole life before I was even in the financial business, um, insurance, life insurance is a privilege. It is not a right. It is a privilege. And that is why I encourage people to get it when they're young, when they're healthy, get it in place. You are really doing a favor for your family, maybe even for your estate for tax planning. There's an awful lot of reasons that we've talked about in the past about life insurance and why it's uh, a really, really neat investment. And it's considered an asset for some people. And I mean an actual asset where you take it to the bank quite literally. So... Um, it's not surprising, though, that food plays a large role in determining your health. Now, remember, I mentioned your glycemic level. Well, guess what? If you have uh, diabetes uh, or borderline diabetes where you're taking pills but not insulin, that can affect your insurance, whether you're, A, whether you get it or not, and B, whether or not you're rated, which means it could cost you more. So you know what? It's important that we pay attention to the new food guide and we live a healthy life because proper nutrition is crucial as poor diets are linked to health risks, like we talked about heart disease, diabetes, obesity, high blood pressure, all things that can be affecting your life insurance policy. And if you rated more, which means you pay more, that means you still get your life insurance, but it costs you more. So that's money, the opportunity cost of that money isn't going to be used someplace else. So then we look at, well, how can your life insurance protect protect you? Well, it's the it's very important to start, obviously, we talked about this, your health and your financial security early. So, for example, say you got permanent life insurance when you're 30 years old. I think my first one was when I was 27, believe it or not. Um, so you're young, you're healthy, your insurance will protect you, which means your premium is lower. Um, it's permanent insurance. It provides you with lifetime coverage, so you can live to be 150 and you still got insurance. Your premiums uh, that do not vary based on your age, health, or lifestyle. 
So when I was 27, it was based on my health back then, and it's permanent and in place, and it has it's, uh, an option to have an investment in it, which means I can, and I'm not going to get into that tonight because that's not what it's about, but borrowing money from your policy, using it as an asset to secure a loan, uh, it's a it's an investment in your portfolio. Uh, so in other words, if we bought healthy, when we bought when we were healthy, then your type of coverage could ultimately protect you from being declined from having it uh, due to disease or heart risks that you could develop later in life, or it could protect you from being rated. So healthy lifestyle equals can equal healthy portfolio. So that's what that's where we want to look at. We also want to talk about alcohol because alcohol, using alcohol uh, can great very differently uh, from individual to individual and certainly can have a, an impact on your health and your mortality. So in North America, I'm going to throw, I know we, I don't normally do stats on the show, but I found this fascinating to be honest. In North America, there's almost 100,000 deaths annually, that's per year, that's attributed to alcohol. And the cost is in excess of two hundred and fifty billion that's with the V billion dollars. So for this reason, insurance companies have established guidelines for what constitutes a healthy use of alcohol. So insu- and that's a question. So for you those of you out there that are thinking, well, what's that got to do with anything? If you've never applied for life insurance, uh I'm gonna tell you, alcohol consumption is a question on all life insurance policies. Um, and I mean, there's the odd exception, but I'm going to say for the most part, it's on there. Um, insurance underwriters pay close attention when alcohol isn't consumed in excess of the guidelines and their scrutiny can impact what, uh, what someone's insurance application is approved or declined. So it's an important question that's on. They're not just asking because they want to know if you like to have a good time and party. So how much is too much? This is what we want to know. So... Here's some healthy healthy guidelines, okay? Now, don't take this and say, I listened to Financially Speaking and Kathy said, these are the healthy guidelines, I'm going to get insurance. Everyone's different. It's like everything else I talk about. Everyone is specific in their own circumstances. But this is a guideline, okay? So less than 14 drinks a week and less than four drinks in a single day are considered within the healthy drinking range, okay? So... Uh, for women and adults 65 and older, seven drinks a week with no more than three a day are acceptable. So if you have five drinks or more in a two to three hour stretch, it's considered binge drinking, which increases your risk for traumatic death or long-term health consequences. Blackouts are related to alcohol use, particularly if there are at least two episodes in one's life that can impact survival. This is, I'm not talking about getting approved for life insurance, everyone. I'm talking about your health and your life. So when you're applying, now as it relates to life insurance, of course. So when you're applying for life insurance, a healthy lifestyle is going to make the underwriter happy. It's going to make you happy that you're healthy. It's going to make your advisor happy because it makes my job easier. And it's going to make the underwriter happy because it's easier to approve, approve you. So with that in mind, hopefully you and your family can just, when you have a drink, toast to make it a healthy lifestyle. So it's not just what we eat, it could be what we drink. Well, guess what? It's also what we do with our bodies. So I'm going to tell you, this is actually really exciting for me. I thought it was fascinating. There's a recent study of more than 1,500 male firefighters between the ages of 21 and 26. 39 was the average age. And they did this uh, study over a 10-year period. And they looked at how simple a push-up can be. 
to help you prevent heart disease. Believe it or not, they talked about push-ups. The results were amazing. It's fascinating. And that was found that firefighters who could do a minimum of 40 push-ups within 30 seconds had a drastically lower risk of heart attack, heart failure, and other cardiovascular ailments over the next decade compared to those who were only able to complete 10 push-ups within the same time. Isn't that amazing? That's a 96% reduction in cardiovascular disease and a great credit to the average push-up. And you know what? Almost all of us, I'm sure, out there could do a push-up. And we don't have to maybe be as as fit or uh, be able to do them as fast right away, but we certainly can work up to it. And I think that's fascinating. It's like, I don't know. I think it's really cool. So these are things that we talk about our health and we talk about our finances. And when I always, and I, and you'll hear me say this a lot, all the time, maybe annoyingly, I'm not sure, but I always say that everything comes back to your finances. And I don't mean that in a way where we worship money and it's the most important thing. I mean, it affects everything. So your health affects everything. What you spend stuff on affects your finances, obviously. What you're saving affects your finances and your future. So I'm going to, take our very last break of the night and we come back I want to talk to you a little bit more about the magic of push-ups and uh, healthy hearts and then we're going to wrap up our conversation about how it's it really is a whole mind body spirit uh, responsibility that we have to ourselves so you are listening to financially speaking on the inspired choices network and I am your host Kathy Cook Noble and I'm excited to be here tonight come back for our last session and we will be right back Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff, which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. We're scared, confused, and don't know who to talk to. By tuning into Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook Noble, you'll learn tips you can use to improve your financial health, which in turn can improve your overall health and make for a very happy life. Live a life you can afford and enjoy. It is possible. Listen for Financially Speaking Radio Show every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Money is complicated, right? Actually, no, it's not. You don't have to be a trader on Wall Street to get a handle on your money. TV shows often instill fear to keep you believing you can't understand it or do anything yourself. If dealing with your finances brings up a lot of other F-words, then you need to read All Ladies Should Use the F-Word, A Guide to Loving Your Finances by Kathy Cook Noble. Kathy helps you take control of your finances and leave the other F-word, fear, in the dust. This is Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook Noble. To participate in the program, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255, Canada 613-800-8736, or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to kathy at bookkeepplus.ca. Now back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. This is Financially Speaking on the Inspired Choices Network, and I am your host, Kathy Cook-Noble. And tonight, we've been talking about 
alcohol and the Canadian food guide and push-ups. And we've been talking about how all that connects with your finances. So before we went to the break, I, I mentioned about the 40 push-ups in 30 seconds with the firefighters. And they had a 96% reduction in cardiovascular disease, which is, is truly, truly amazing to me. Um, even the firefighters that could could complete 11 to 20 push-ups in this study, within those 30 seconds, they still saw a 64% reduction in the cardiovascular disease. Like, that's huge. Like, if you can reduce the odds of the cardiovascular and keeping your body and your heart healthy, I mean, that's a win in my book. So I think that's pretty cool. So it's, you don't have to be a pro athlete. This is what it, this is the bottom line. This is what I want people to get out of it, that you don't have to be a pro athlete to see positive results. And you don't have to be a billionaire to see positive results in your finances. And you don't have to be a millionaire. You don't have to be any of those things to see positive results. And better health is achievable and completely within your grasp. Better health financially, better health physically, better health mentally. So the magical push-up and the heart health, I I just thought this was really a a fascinating study. Um, Push-up lifts approximately 50 to 70% of your body weight. So when you think about how easy the mechanics are of a push-up, and I know all of us have done one in our life somehow, somewhere, sometime, whether it was phys ed class when we were in school or or what it was, There's and there's modified versions of push-ups, but we all know what they are. We've all done one. And it's um, so 50 to 70% of your body weight is what you're lifting, which is engaging your entire body from top to bottom, and you're working several muscle groups at once, including your arms, your chest, your core, abdomen, hips, and legs. Like, it's amazing. Something so simple can have such an impact. So how many push-ups can you do at one time? It offers a good indication of your strength and muscular endurance. So, I mean, we have to be honest. The average push-up can be a bit difficult for us if you're a beginner. Um, Doing more than two or three at a time can seem absolutely impossible and sometimes painful. But uh, don't let that encourage you. It's, It's exactly the same as your finances. You don't invest a dollar and be disappointed because next week it's not worth the million. You you invest a dollar and a second dollar and a third dollar and a fourth dollar and you have a, a system that it follows your plan, that is achieving your goals and heading towards your targets. It's um, discipline. It's something that's easy to follow because you want to do it. It's not hard or complicated. And it's the compound effect, which I really enjoy Darren Hardy's book on the compound effect, where you don't see it every day. You don't you don't look in the mirror and say, I went to the gym and why didn't I lose weight? Why am I not at my, my goal? Or, or I want my hair to be longer, but I just got it cut three days ago. Why is it not grown? Like, it, we don't do it that way. It's the same with your finances. It all works together and it just compounds and compounds and compounds. And then five years later, you look back and you're like, wow. I didn't realize it grew that much or I didn't realize my hair grew that much. Or I can't believe how muscle toned I am because of my commitment to working out. Um, so we just want to make sure that you got to make it realistic for yourself. And you have to love your heart. And by that, I mean the cardiovascular disease remains the leading cause of death in both men and women across the world. This isn't a Canadian thing. This isn't an American thing. This isn't a a UK or an Australian disease. This is a worldwide disease. And although cardiovascular disease can refer to many different heart and blood vessel ailments, I get that. Um, it is technically the narrowing of blocking or blocking of the blood vessels. And um, 
building up plaque and thickens and, and inhibiting blood flow and all this stuff through arteries, through organs and tissues. And I'm no medical expert, but I'm just telling you that's the general definition of it. Uh, it can eventually lead to a heart attack, chest pain, or stroke. The risk can be minimized in very manageable ways, such as keeping your A1C uh, blood pressure and cholesterol in check, avoiding cigarettes, uh, exercising daily, getting plenty of sleep. Yeah, I'm a little bit guilty of that, not going to lie. Uh, keeping your weight down and eating foods high in fiber. Um, so we all have stuff we can work on. I'm going to work on getting better sleep. So there might be something in that list you want to work on cutting back on cigarettes or, or cutting out smoking. You might want to work on maybe getting your weight down or eating higher foods and fiber. There's always something we can we can always be working on and make it fun to do. Going to the gym can be a challenge, but the truth is you don't need to go at all. All you need is a little bit of uh, willpower and commitment and a little bit of time and your body. So we have all these things. Uh, we can choose to do them and you know what, we can all find spare time. So we can just cut out a half hour show once at night or we can cut out the playing a video game for 15, 20 minutes and we can substitute that with a little bit of exercise. So it's imperative. It's not recommended. It's not maybe a good idea. It's imperative to heart health and can prevent the development of cardiovascular disease. And all these things we talked about lead to getting a good rating with your insurance and getting your financial self in order. And not just, here's the thing, guys, why are we doing all this? Well, we want to have all this, we want to have this wealth, uh, or we want to have whatever is defined as our wealth and our success when we retire, right? And we want to enjoy life right now, not just when we retire. So it's important because what's going to happen if you don't have your health? It doesn't matter how much money you have. And I, I think I've used this example before. Uh, I thought Steve Jobs was fascinating. I, I really enjoy reading about him and watching him and his, his previous videos and stuff. And he did a, a, Apple's an amazing company to look at. And all the money that Steve Jobs had, he still didn't have his health. And there's nothing you can do about it, no matter what, with all that money. So I think it's really important that we think of our finances in a holistic way. And we say it's going to be financially healthy. It's going to be mentally healthy for us. It's going to be physically healthy for us. And that is, my friends, how all these pieces fit together. So thank you so much for joining me. I hope we've learned a little bit again tonight about finances. Always write in and join us every week where we dissect another topic and really just help each other understand our finances and get to where we want to be in our future. Thank you for choosing to listen to Financially Speaking Radio Show. Kathy Cook Noble will return next Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspireChoicesNetwork.com. We hope you'll join us. Until then, have the best week of your life by making the choices that bring you all that you desire.